The New York Jets have the first selection and are now on the board. Welcome to episode 11 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In this episode, I am going to talk about how much the Jets fucking suck. Um, I don't, I don't like to, I don't usually like to start off a show with such aggressive language, but there's nothing else that really can be said to cover the topic, really, um, as far as how to describe it, because the, the Jets are covered in stink, covered in suck, however you want to put it, they suck, they're the, they're, they are arguably the league's worst team, um, they have arguably the league's worst coach. Ownership has no idea what they're doing, ever. Um, yeah, it's bad. I mean, I, I don't really know why I continue to watch the games. Like, that's one of those things that I, I can't really answer. Like, they, they have basically successfully kicked all of the give a fuck out of me about this team all like there's an ounce left and for some reason i'm still watching the games and it's not even like i gain humor out of this like when i used to root for the knicks sometimes i would watch just for the for the humor like watching jamal crawford or one of those volume shooting guards who who'd shoot a million shots to make eight and play no and uh, the all kinds of defensive miscommunications and random dudes dropping for you like it, it, that stuff you could at least laugh at e- even when it's bad even when things look dire you can laugh at that stuff like the jets are just they are the worst combo of bad and uninteresting there's nothing particularly interesting about the Jets once the games start. Like, during the week, I mean, you, you, you've had pressers over the years. You've had infighting over the years. You've had sources and, um, and you know, backstabbing and all, all kind of shit, like, in the press throughout all of these playoffless, listless bullshit years, right? So... There's always something going on off the field, which is whatever. That's not really my speed. Like, I pay attention to it, but it, it doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. Like, on the field, the Jets are just, it's a miserable existence. Why I watch, I don't know. Like, I'm podcasting about this because I I didn't really even feel like podcasting after last week's game, so I didn't. And I want to get back in the rhythm of doing this every week. So I figured, why not? I'm not even angry. If you can hear it in my voice, I'm not even angry. It's, it's kind of just a sense of, a, a, a sense of indifference. And indifference is almost worse than, not almost, indifference is worse than anger. It is. Because, I mean, anger is, it, anger is a feeling. It's passion. Indifference, you just don't give a shit. And I'm, and right now, like, point one percent of fucks to give about the Jets like they came out the first damn play from scrimmage Raheem Mostert ran ran for 80 yards first damn play from scrimmage I'm just like oh that's great so I had jokingly um made a tweet at somebody when they were like uh they thought the Jets might win the game and somebody else said came in and said oh you, you might be proven wrong by 130 and I jokingly corrected them and said 110 by 104 I, I knew this game was done. 104. 
One run. All it took was one fucking play. I was like, okay, this game is over. And it's just all of this talk about the quarterback. And look, I realize if the Jets keep going at this rate, he's going to be replaced. Whether we like Sam, whether we don't like Sam, I like Sam. Like, I think he's getting, I think he's getting a raw fucking deal out of this whole thing, personally, because nobody deserves the Jets. No, nobody asks for this. Like nobody. It. He got drafted here, and they've done a miserable job of giving him any kind of support. Period. And this is not to say he's flawless. People act like if you acknowledge, excuse me, Jets fans in particular, act like if you acknowledge the bullshit around him, you're absolving him from anything he does. Look, Sam, Sam could stand and throw the damn ball away a few times when he when he's throwing reckless shit in the traffic. I understand that. Like that. That's a, that's a thing that might not ever go away with him. Good, bad, or indifferent. Like he might just be the risk taker who does a little bit too much at times. Understood. But it, you have some Jets fans who who really act like he is the problem here. And it's just like, how many stops does Adam Gates have to go to for and the offense be a, 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 a collection of just mid for y'all to realize that he is the issue and everything that he touches gets worse? I mean, we, we have player highly touted draft picks who escaped Gase and got better. Kenyon Drake comes to mind. Mike Jusecki is still kind of eh, but he, I mean, uh, uh, Adam Gase was trying to use that dude as a blocker for, for all we, for all you know, the, the six foot four athletic freak of a tight end, he's trying to use him as a blocker. Brilliant there. Um, Devontae Parker broke out after Gase left. Tannehill's in, in, Tennessee, in Tennessee having the time of his fucking life. And we, we have Adam Gase here. Uh, like giving Frank Gore 16 carries and a half for some fucking reason that I have no idea why gave gave Frank Gore 16 fucking carries and a half like they activated LeMichael P. Ryan didn't give him his first touch into the fourth quarter why I don't know um I mean the play calling couldn't be any more cowardly and bland today look I understand you don't want you don't want Sam to die and you don't have receivers out there who can separate but at what point are you going to try and win the football game? Because, I mean, I watched him kick a field goal when they were down, I believe it was 21 to 3. I want to say it was 21 to 3 or 24 to 3. 24 to 3, I believe. Yeah, it was 24 to 3. And they kicked a field goal from the seven yard line on fourth. I'm just like, what does that, what, what purpose does that serve? What does that do? And, I mean, if they had gone for it, are they going to win the game? Fuck no. But that's not the point. Like, the, the point is the process. The results are kind of secondary here. Like, we, we'll get to those, obviously. But the, the results are kind of secondary. It's like, how much of a pussy are you to to um, kick a field goal down 21? What did, that, what did that do? You were down three scores before, and now you're down three scores. What does that accomplish? And this is after running the ball on first down and throwing a flat pass on second down. And then uh, and then um, Darnold rolls out and hits Herndon in the worst possible place, you know, right between the right in the fucking hands, and he drops the ball on third and goal. And then you, you, you have the field goal kicker sent out there. And it's just like run after run with Frank Gore. Just that, it's like, okay, as I said, I understand Darnold isn't perfect. I understand the roster is fucking far from perfect and I'll touch on that in a second but like you watch Sam Darnold play and it's clear 
that him and the coach don't have confidence in each other. Now, I, I don't know who you are siding with, the public. I don't know who you are siding with, the people who listen to this podcast. I, for one, am not siding with no goddamn Adam Gase. I don't know who the opposition would have to be on anything football-related for me to side with Adam Gase, but it ain't here. I can tell you that. Because, again, the Jets, uh, um, the Miami offense was mid with Gase. The Bears offense was mid with Gase. The Jets offense has been mid for now two years with Gase. And I'm being polite when I say mid. So, as, like, yeah, he called the game today like he had no confidence in either A, Darnold, or B, the wide receivers to get open. Might be a combo of both. But I, I don't know, you can't, like, Gase has way too much fucking surrender in him. Like, he sees a good defense, and then he goes into, okay, we gotta, we gotta protect the ball so we can lose 24 to 10 mode. Basically, like, that's how all the games last year went against better defenses. Like protect the ball so we can lose so um we can lose by a lesser margin, basically. It's fucking ridiculous. Am I saying go out there and throw the ball sixty five times? No, I obviously understand the undermanned nature of the damn wide receiver core. I get it. But shit, can you at least try to win? I mean I mean, damn, you get to the eight yard line and you, and you and you're kicking a field goal down by twenty one points. What does that do? What does, who does that serve? But I mean you have a Jets defense who, I mean, the Jets have been built to stop the run for what feels like 50 fucking years. And you would think they would understand that it nobody gives a fuck if you can stop the run in 2020. People are just going to throw. They had, they had Jimmy Garoppolo standing there reading a goddamn book in the pocket every play before he left the game in the second half. I think he was like 16 for 18 or something like something like that. Like, he was reading a book in the pocket. He he could have done whatever the fuck he wanted in the pocket between the between the, the time of the snap and the time that it took to throw the ball to one of his wide open receivers. Like, we, we, we don't have good corner play here. Like, bless Austin has some potential. He also misses 10 tackles a fucking week. Like, Mar- Marcus May is really good. People, Marcus May is a really good player. But people got carried away with him. Like, he, he, coverage is not his strong suit. Like, you're not going to sit there and throw him out there one-on-one and have success with it, for the most part. You're just not. Like, he can hold his own. He's pretty average in that regard. But, like, Jordan Reed worked him. And I don't think that's as egregious as a lot of the people on Twitter are making it out to be. A lot of Jets fans on Twitter I saw, like, clowning him for getting cooked by Jordan Reed. Like, Jordan Reed's problem is not an ability. Jordan Reed's problem is that um, he he's the, the the worst example of CTE in the NFL because it's concussion after concussion after concussion. But the man could play, and Marcus May got worked by him. It happens. It, it happens. Like I, um, like people were oh I thought you guys said he was better than Adams. I mean no he's not. But like I watched Jamal Adams get worked by Julian Edelman in his Jets uniform. And I got I watched him get worked by Julian Edelman tonight in a Seahawks uniform. That stuff happens sometimes, man. It does. But, like, they they pride themselves on stopping the run. You even have the, um, when uh, Yannick Nagor, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce the name, um, the pass rusher that got traded from the Jaguars to the Vikings. He was on the block, and the Jets didn't trade for him, which I don't mind, because he had one year left on his deal. Understood. And they couldn't extend him at the time because the deadline had passed. Oh, yeah, understood. Completely fucking understood. Understood. Not even gonna knock it. Understood. But 
then you had um I believe it was Brian Costello wrote wrote a piece talking about how his sources basically claimed that um the Jets weren't in on Yannick because uh, because um he doesn't play the run well enough. And it's like, why is that the fucking logic? Why? Why? Like, the Jets have been trying to win games 17 to 10 my entire fucking life, dog. Like, my entire life. And the whole stopping the run shit was cute like a decade ago. It was. The Jets were making AFC title games nobody could run. And then Rex would send would send you, your mama, everybody on blitzes. And it worked for the most part for two seasons. It worked. And then people started to spread the Jets out a little bit and throw the fucking ball because they realized they have no linebackers that can cover anybody. And we're in 2020 and this is still the same fucking thing. We have no linebackers that can cover anybody. And here we are. Where is stopping the run gotten the Jets? Because the Jets seem very committed to that shit. Very committed. Like, I wish the Jets were as committed to stopping the pass as they were to stopping, as they are to stopping the run. Like, the corner, the corner play is leaky. As I said, May is good, but he's human. Like, he's going to give up stuff on the back end. He's going to give up stuff in coverage. Like, Brady McDougal, I haven't really heard much from him, so that's probably that's a good thing. Understood. Like, Quentin Williams played a good game today. I have to give him his credit. If I'm going to slam him, I have to give him his credit when he is the, when he is the disruptive force that he was today. He, he was good. But just the philosophy is just so fucking jets. Like, why do we give a fuck about stopping the run? Like, yes, the 49ers didn't do much today outside of two runs, which it's hilarious that one of them was basically the game-winning touchdown for all intents and purposes, and the other one was a 50-whatever-yard run on third and 30-fucking-one from Jerry McKinnon, and shouts to him, glad to see him back and and healthy and doing his thing. Like, that's good. I I, I like to see it, but third and fucking 31, they gave up a 55-yard run. So all this stopping-the-run shit, you're giving up 55-yard runs on third and 30, third and 31, like the Jets have no speed in the linebacker core. They can't cover. Like they have no edge rusher. They have no edge rushers. Like, like Jordan Jenkins. Jordan, excuse me, no significant edge rushers. Jordan Jenkins is competent at the very bare minimum. Cool, good for him. And they continually just don't bother to address it. Don't bother. They just don't bother to address it. Like don't bother to to sink significant resources into an edge guy who can harass the quarterback and make life harder for the quarterback. Like, look, man, the quarterback is everything. Either you try and get people who are going to disrupt the quarterback or you get um, disrupt the quarterback, hit the fucking quarterback, catch interceptions off the quarterback, or on your end, protect the quarterback or make the, make the quarterback's job easier. Like, as far as receivers go. Like, that's the name of the game. So we're sitting here... Acting like it's 1987 trying to stop runs. Like, it, it it don't move the goalposts. And it hasn't for a long time now, and I wish they would realize that shit. But back to the roster. And, and, like, and, back to, and we're going to tie it back into Darnold for obvious reasons. Like, as I said, not, not going to sit here and act like Sam Darnold is flawless, because he's not. He was a good prospect, a really good prospect, who has had a rocky start to his career. Is it his fault Fuck no. Or is it all his fault? Fuck no. Do his flaws get exacerbated because of what's around him? Hell yes. Like, in a competent situation with a competent play caller and competent players around him, you could live with the occasional bonehead decision. Sam Darnold is not the first 
bad decision-making quarterback ever. And I'm talking about by bad decision, I mean one that makes bad decisions. I don't even mean that he does it frequently because he doesn't do it that often as far as putting the ball in harm's way. Like, he doesn't do it that often. If you look at his interceptions, most of them in his career have come in like a four-game sample where, like, when it all goes wrong for Sam, it all goes wrong. That's another thing about him that is worrisome. Like, his game-to-game floor is basically in the pits of hell. Like, it, the Patriots game, that's his floor on a week-to-week basis. Like, you don't want that from your guy, from, from the guy you want to build around. Understood. But, like, bro, the, the receivers today were Chris Hogan... Some dude named Malone. I watched the entire football game. I still can't tell you what that dude's first name is. I believe Brashad Perriman got hurt. Like, they had, like, two healthy receivers to end the game. And knowing this, knowing this, Adam Gase has Chris Herndon blocking two-fifths of 40% of the time now. Because on the, on, the, on the snaps that he has played, he's blocking 40% of the time. What fucking sense does that make? And about the receivers... And this is another weird thing that I see Jets fans do, like with the whole Robbie Anderson deal. Like as I said, Robbie letting Robbie Anderson walk was not really my issue. My issue was if you were not going to re-sign him, then you should have traded him at the deadline. The Jets had no chance to make the playoffs. I don't give a fuck if they were seven and seven or seven and six or whatever the fuck their record was at the deadline. They, or six and seven, whatever it was. They didn't have a chance in fucking hell to make the playoffs. Trade the man. All I heard was, "Oh, they didn't. They didn't trade him because they wanted. They wanted to give Sam a fair shot down the stretch." Okay, so then you let him go. When when you're gonna have the same guy quarterbacking? What sense does that make? Like, where's the logic here? If you weren't going to at least give an attempt to resign him, an actual attempt, you should have traded him. Because what? Because you knew you weren't going to fucking give him give an attempt. Nothing changed from the end of the regular season to free agency. Robbie Anderson was the same guy. Nothing changed. He ain't get caught up in no crime. He, he, ain't, he ain't get a DUI. Like, he ain't... You know what I mean? He ain't get arrested. None of that shit. Like, nothing changed. You could have traded him. But there, there's a weird logic where people are like, well, you know, Brashad Perriman does what Robbie Anderson does, so you didn't need to sign, you didn't need to sign Robbie... Okay, so you have why not have two burners? I, I don't I don't understand. Why not have two burners? Especially when one of them is a first round bust who has been on whatever four different teams and basically had one good month in the pros. Like is Robbie Anderson great? Fuck no. Is he a, a solid good NFL wide receiver? Yes. Does he have flaws? Absolutely. Does he quit on plays? Yes. Understood. I understand I, I watched Robbie's whole career. I understand what he's about and what he's not about, quite frankly. But it, it, there's no logic for letting him... He went to Carolina for $12 million, I believe. It wasn't even that much. The Jets apparently offered seven. It's like, if you weren't going to make an offer, a respectable offer, why, did, why didn't you just trade him? And for those who believe that, oh, it's, it's just one or the other, why? Why couldn't it be both? Because Brashad Perriman profiles like like a number four wide receiver anyway. Like if we're, if we're gonna be frank with ourselves, like I understand they didn't plan for the Denzel Mims injury, they they didn't plan for Jamison Crowder's injury, but even with them healthy, like you have Robbie, you have Perriman, you rotate them as you see fit. Like you just let Robbie go. You don't you 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 throw a first round bust in in his, 
You throw a first-round bust in his place. You then proceed to draft a quarterback and a running back in round four of the NFL draft. And then you wonder why your shit is a dumpster fire two weeks in. And, and yes, I realize it took two fucking injuries. Understood. Understood, but, you know, the Jets had a reasonable opportunity to build depth there that wouldn't have cost them much. And they decided not to, despite the fact that I was told that Robbie wasn't traded in the first place because they wanted to give Sam a fair shot. So what happened? They didn't want to give Sam a fair shot now? And I mean, if, if you were going to go into the season with this kind of roster, why bring back Adam Gase in the first place? Why? Because if you really gave a fuck about Adam Gase, like, there's no way that Joe Douglas looks at... And, and I mean... To be fair, Joe Douglas does have a six-year deal, so maybe he's just slow playing this shit. I don't fucking know. But there's no way you look at Adam Gates and somebody like, yo, that's my guy, that's my coach. And you put this shit on the field for him. Like, that part of it is not his fault. Like, Gates stinks, and he's the worst. But that part of it ain't his fault. The roster is not his fault. And look, it's possible in a very galaxy brain, this is a galaxy brain take, Yo, it's possible that Joe Douglas saw Sam Darnold for an entire year, saw Adam Gates for an entire year, and was just like, yo, this is not it, bro. And just like, look, I'm not going to spend shit trying to get trying to get these dudes to five wins or six wins or whatever the fuck the, the ceiling is. And I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fire this coach. And I'm going to um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm going to give him his choice of quarterback when we get the number one pick and however many millions of dollars the Jets would have in cap space, which I'm assuming is a lot because the cap, cap space rolls over and I think the Jets currently have like 31, $31 million worth of cap space. Maybe he just doesn't want either one of them. Like, that would make sense given what the fuck he's put on, putting on the field. Because if you believe in Sam Darnold at all, why would you put this? Why would you put this around him? Now, granted, he he is he is coming from Philadelphia, and, and Carson Wentz is having his own struggles. And Carson Wentz had his struggles last year with a whole bunch of bullshit at wide receiver. So I don't know. Maybe this is how he was taught. Either way, I just I, I don't know what it's going to take for me to just finally be like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore for good. Like m- maybe I'm holding out hope that they hire Eric Bieniemy. I don't even give a fuck who the quarterback is at that point. But maybe they hire Eric Bieniemy, regardless of who the quarterback is. I could, I could, I could fuck with that. I could get behind that. Maybe that is what I'm holding out for. I don't know. I can't even tell you. I, I've sat here and I've talked to you for 25 fucking minutes right now, and I can't tell you, or 22 minutes right now, and I cannot tell you what is it going to take, what is the final nail in the coffin for my Jets fandom. Because it's hanging on by a third, because I really don't give a fuck about these games no more. Like, I'm talking because... I th- I'm, I'm talking because um, it, it, I, I am still a fan and I need to I wanted to record something so here I am but like they're such a fucking loser organization from the top right on down just a bunch of fucking losers bro like the Johnsons don't know what the fuck they're doing they get conned into hiring somebody like Adam Gase Gase puts nothing but shit on film last year and and, and the kid that they drafted, who they've helped him, who they've helped not at all, they just say, okay, yeah, let, let's bring Gates back and put him around him again for another fucking year. Why? Why? What does that? What, what purpose does that serve? Why? It, it, it's like, 
bro, you watch these games and it's just uninspired, boring slop. And you watch other teams play, and namely the other teams with dope quarterbacks, and you wonder, and you wonder what fucking sport they're playing compared to the Jets. They ain't playing the same sport. There's no fucking chance they're playing the same sport, dog. Like that that Patriots Seahawks game. Like I'm I'm recording this right after this after that game on Sunday night. Thirty-five thirty, down down to the final buzzer. Exciting football, like. I, I can't believe I'm saying this about a Brian Schottenheimer-led offense, but it looked pretty progressive. They, they, they have Russell Wilson. They finally realized that Russell Wilson is a generational quarterback, and they decided to let him throw the ball all, all over the fucking yard. Must be nice. They have weapons. The, the line is good enough, and, and they throw it all over the place. Cam Newton, the apology tour is in full, is in full stream. Full stream ahead. Full steam ahead, excuse me. Full steam ahead. Because I was told he was done, I was told he was finished, I was told this, and I was told that. And here we are. And Cam Newton looks great. Like, you watch the Patriots play, you watch the Seahawks play, you watch the Chiefs play, you watch the Ravens play, and you wonder what sport they're playing. Like, if you, like, watching those teams play right after the Jets is such a, such a kick to the dick. Like, quite to be quite frank and not put it not put it and not put it lightly it's a kick to the dick it's like wow i'm watching mahomes basically throw sky hooks from 50 fucking yards for touchdowns and if the jets get 50 yards in a drive adam gates adam gates wants you to throw a party for him that's that's what we're doing that like adam gates wants you to throw a party for him if they get 50 yards and then like and adam gates has so much give up in his play calling as i said and it, it it's so apparent because last week he was talking to a reporter on a Zoom call and I think somebody said something about, you know, something about a good defense, like the Bills being a really good defense, which is true, mind you. Like, I'm glad somebody finally said it. That, that's, that was his quote. And it's like, even if they're a good defense, that don't mean your play calling got to be so ass. And this is, this is, and this is acknowledging that Donald was, Donald was bad last week. He was not bad this week. He was a victim of his surroundings, like like much has like has been the case much of the time in his third in his three years here. Look, as I said, I don't know what it's gonna take to get that last point one of give a fuck out of me about this team, but I feel terribly for Sam Darnold and the Jets fans who have stuck around like. The older ones than me. I'm thirty. I'm about to. I'm about to be thirty-three in three weeks. The Jets fans who have stuck around for 40, 45 years. I, I mean, I don't know why you've done it, but then again, I can't explain why I'm still doing this. So I, I'm. I'm in no position to talk. <laughs> I can't explain why I'm doing this, but I feel. Re- I feel terribly for them because it's like, man, you're just getting older and older, and the Jets just keep doing more and more dumb shit. It's like you can't be dumb, incompetent bad and boring you gotta you kinda gotta pick a struggle or two out of that like the Jets consistently do dumb shit consistently spend high high picks on dudes who who project best as run disruptors Adams and Leonard Williams and Quinn Williams albeit as I said Quinn Williams was good today and Jamal Adams has had a really good career but 
you have your 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 depth chart is Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, and Josh McCown. You're like, oh, you know what we're we gonna do at number six? We're gonna take a fucking safety, and then and then take another safety in the second round on top of that. Like, why, why? It's just one of the like, like I gave up the Knicks, and I've enjoyed basketball more since, because I don't have to sit there and watch the Knicks at seven oh five, or feel like I'm obligated to watch the Knicks at seven oh five against the Charlotte Hornets. I, I can just watch whatever the fuck game I want, or I can just not watch basketball. Period. If the Denver Nuggets are playing the Nets, I can go watch that shit, and have a good time. And, and granted, a lot a lot of my attention was split between the Jets and the Red Zone channel, which, you know, I had one screen on both, which is cool. But it's just so much more enjoyable watching other teams play than the Jets. I could never just full-on root for another team that's just not me. I can't swing from team to team like that. Like, I have rooting interests, like, between players I like and fantasy teams and all that. I can never just... I'm like, yeah, I'm a Ravens fan. No, I can't do that. I resp- I, I don't judge people who can. Like, other people do. Like, p- people take fandom way too seriously, which is weird coming from me when I've been saying this whole fucking podcast. I don't know why I'm still here, and I hate it here, but I'm still here. <laughs> but people take it too seriously. Like, oh, how you know how could you hop on the bandwagon? Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's, it's sports. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. If, if, if you're rooting for the Jets and you don't like it here and you want to go root for the Ravens, be my guest. Lamar Jackson is hella, is hella fun to watch. So, be my guest. You want to watch? You want to be a Chiefs fan? Be my guest. Me, I can't do it. I, I could I could admire Mahomes from afar. I could admire Lamar Jackson from afar. Deshaun Watson. All of those type of dudes. But I mean, I... I don't know what has to change, but man, something got to change with the Jets, bro. And I mean, ownership is going to be ownership. They're going to be there. They're not going anywhere. And they're bozos. It, it's just okay. You're gonna fire. You're gonna fire Adam Gase, and you're gonna get Sam Darnold out of here because that's what a lot of Jets fans seem to want. And I mean, the the, the Gase part, sign seal, sign seal, and deliver that shit. Get him the fuck out of here. Okay, cool. What what makes you think the Jets are gonna do the right thing by Trevor Lawrence? And whoever the next coach is. And also, what makes you think the Johnsons are going to sign off on Joe Douglas hiring another coach? Like, you think they're not going to have their say in it? Because, I mean, they, they already let um, Adam Gates swindle them. You think they're, you, you think they're not going to have a, a big say in who the next coach of this franchise is? What makes you think that Trevor Lawrence is going to sit here and fix everything? I don't know enough about the prospect to sit here and, and tell you tell you have strong opinions about him. Like from what I've seen, he's a good prospect. Some people think he's he's um the Andrew Luck level of prospect. Some people think he's more. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know what an example is. Maybe the Kyler Kyler Murray level of prospect, like not quite generational, but very good. Like some people think he's that. I don't fucking I don't fucking know. Well, he looks good. Throwing in Clemson to T. Higgins and who um, and whoever the fuck else is on those teams, like he looks good, understood. But if you think he he's gonna fix all of this, you are you are sadly mistaken. And this is not even some prop up Sam Darnold portion of the programming. I like Sam. 
I understand that the Jets want to move on from him. You you can't wait forever for him to be something. Fair or not, you just can't. And if you get the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is what people think he is, and you believe that, I'm talking about Joe Douglas and whoever the next coach is, then you have to take him. You have to take him and then trade Donald. I'm sure somebody would give you something decent for him. You trade Donald and you move on. But some people seem to have unrealistic expectations as if Trevor Lawrence is going to come here and, and he's going to wave his magic fucking wand and everything that's broken about this bullshit organization from top to bottom is just going to magically be fixed. It's not. Get real. It's not. So, in conclusion, fuck the Jets. Enjoy life. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This podcast episode. Um, That is all from me. I'm Kevin Lewis. Thank you for listening. I'll see you when I see you. Adam Gase is the problem with the Jets. They should have fired him last year. It is ridiculous that we are now wasting another season with this guy who anyone who has ever watched football can see cannot coach this team.